I would say that'd be a great truth if we'd have more Bibles on the table, opened up, reading. It'd make a big difference in our homes today. Amen. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. Past several weeks, I've been preaching about some different cries that come forth from the Bible. Uh, you remember John the Baptist, uh, he is one in the wilderness that cried aloud, spared not, lifted up his voice. Last week, we preached about the, the two blind men that cried unto the Lord, have mercy on them and to heal them. We'll look at a another cry today in, in the scripture. If you would please stand with me for the reign of God's word. We've seen a lot of things taking place in the world today, a lot of things. Let me, let me remind you something before I get into this. When you look at Scripture concerning the returning of the Lord, when you look at Scripture concerning prophecy, always keep the mindset of Israel. You see, many times we look at the Scripture and we only take it from our perspective instead of from the, the perspective of Israel. The Bible was written uh, with, the, with Israel in mind. Prophecy hinges and wraps around Israel, not around the United States. We are part of the prophecy. Uh, we play a part in it. We see it come about. But always keep in mind that uh, there's a lot of things that take place that we look at and say, oh, that's, that's this or that. It may be, but look at how it's affecting Israel. Look at how Israel is the player in those events that take place. We've seen this uh, past week uh, uh, the Israeli conflict with Palestine uh, there with, uh, the, with there in Gaza, with Hamas, and the different things taking, taking forth. And that's not an unusual event. It's, you know, it escalates at times. But there was a new player stepped in the scene this time that warned Israel that they would attack them if they did not de-escalate, and that was Russia. Russia. If you go to Ezekiel chapter 38, I told you it's Wednesday night. Don't turn there now. We're not going there today. But I told you it's Wednesday night to do a little homework. Read Ezekiel chapter 38. Ezekiel chapter 38 is what we call the Ezekiel 38 war. And basically what it is, it's when Russia and some other countries come into the mountains of Israel and will try to attack Israel. Now that is a future war that's ahead of us. Uh, some people say, well, we'll be out of here in the rapture. I don't think so. Because that is not the, that's not Armageddon. That's not, there's a, and if you begin to look at the seven years of burning of the, of the uh, war uh, remnants, the different things that they had there, they, they'll burn them for about seven, seven and a half years as they gather them and burn them, gather and bury the bodies. Uh, during that period of time, take seven, seven and a half years, that would put you beyond the seven-year tribulation. And so uh, it's probably going to precede the tribulation. We don't know 100%. It may hit somewhere with part of the tribulation. But it's a good possibility that we may see that before the rapture of the church. Uh, when Russia stepped in, if you go there, you'll find that it speaks of Gog. Gog is Russia. And you look at the different countries that it lists there and they go back into the old, into the old days, the, those Tubal and different ones and different ones that was mentioned there, many of those were under the Russian control at one time. Some of those have been broke off. They will go back under Russian control. They will be part of the armies that will come in, but they will be destroyed. If you read that, they'll be destroyed on the mountains there by God. 
Not by the United States or another country, but by God. Uh, it looks like what we see in the, the reading of that, that the United States is basically standing back and saying, oh, don't do that, don't do that, while they do it. Not only the United States, but other Western countries. And Russia goes in with uh, these other countries with them, but their armies are completely destroyed on those mountains. And so uh, it was interesting to see that Russia at this point stepped up into the conflict. Uh, we're getting close. We're getting real close. And so uh, it's interesting to see how things begin to unfold. Matthew chapter 25, we'll begin reading in verse 1. It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all the, those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Let me read for you from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16 and 17. It says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, so to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Our text where we'll actually begin here this morning will be in verse 6 of Matthew 25. says, And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. I'd like to preach a message, the warning before the shout, the warning cry before the shout. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, we realize that some things have changed today out of our control. But Lord, we're glad for these that are here. We're glad for those that are watching by live stream. I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen each of us to live for you, to serve you. Lord, help us to awaken to the hour in which we live. Help us not to be blind. Help us not to be apathetic. But help us to be aware and help us to be ready and help us be preparing others also. Father, I pray that you just strengthen each of us today, those who know Christ their Savior, to live in a greater way in these days. Lord, I pray that we might be a greater testimony, a greater witness. Lord, the, the light should shine brighter as this day becomes darker. And so, Lord, I pray now that you would be with us and help us to walk after you and to serve you. Lord, for someone here today that does not know Jesus Christ their Savior. They do not have that confidence. They do not know that if they was to die today, they'd go to heaven. Lord, I pray that today might be that day that they'd come and receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. Have your one way in the preaching of thy word. Be with our nation. Help us to turn towards you. Lord, work in the hearts and lives of the leaders of this country. Lord, may they get saved. May they turn their hearts to you and begin to follow the word of God instead of their own ways. 
And Lord, help America, Lord, I pray, to stand with Israel continually. Lord, help us not to back up, help us not to turn away, but help us to stand with Israel. For this we pray in Jesus' name, amen. You be seated. Beyond what the world wants to think about the coming of a close to this old sinful world, it's coming. I mean, you, there's no way around it, and, and I'll be honest with you, a lot of times I've, I've talked with the lost and different ones who, who don't have anything to do with church, don't have anything to do as far as salvation, yet I get the response from them, yeah, this can't go on very long. And many of them, they know that the Lord is to return, and many of them say, yeah, I think it's getting close, even though they themselves do not know Jesus Christ their Savior. Many never put into their thinking that there will be a last day, though. Many think that everything's going to continue on and as we know it, and they either have, you know, that, that either in their lives that, that, you know, they'll pass away or else the Lord's going to come back. And many times they don't want to think about it. They don't want to put that in their, into their thinking. They want to push it aside. And so today I want us to think about that just a little bit because I think it's important. The Bible says, examine yourselves whether you be of the faith. You know, I would, be, I would be amiss as a pastor if I didn't look across the auditorium and say, hey, listen, you're great people, and I think that you're wonderful people, but I think that I ought to challenge you to make sure that you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. I think that me as a pastor, I, I look at my, say, myself and say, hey, listen, I want to make sure that I know Jesus Christ as my Savior. You say, well, preacher, you're, you're the pastor, yeah, but I, I've known several pastors that later on realized that they wasn't saved and got saved. But my friend, there's no need for us not to know that we're saved. The Bible says, these things have I written unto you that you might know that you have eternal life. It's not a hope-so salvation, a maybe-so salvation, but it's a no-so salvation. You can know that you're going to heaven. The Lord doesn't leave us in the dark. He doesn't play with our minds and our hearts. Satan does. And he'll try to discourage you, even as a Christian, knowing Christ as your Savior sometimes. He tries to discourage you and make you think you're lost to keep you from serving God. But sometimes he'll try to convince people that they are saved so that they won't get saved. But he says, examine yourselves. Well, first of all, I want this morning, I want you to, there has, there's always been the skeptics and the deniers of the Lord's return. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 4 says, In saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. You know, I remember even as a, as a child uh, going to church and uh, even before I was saved, I remember different ones talking about, boy, I think, you know, it's getting close. I think the Lord's getting ready to come back. And then I hear other people, uh, and I have heard people over the years say, I've been hearing that for years. I've been hearing it for years, and it hasn't happened yet. Well, you know, the thing of it is, it's like, it's like anything else as far as on God's timetable, time means nothing. And yet He has a plan. But he knows that when things begin to come together, when we begin to see that, that he's getting ready to come back. So this world goes blindly down through the path of everyday life with no thought of death or, or the return of the Lord in these last days. Uh, it's amazing that people, you know, we've, we've seen recently and, and uh, this, this uh, coming Saturday, I have a funeral to go to back down home and uh, uh, some, just a sudden accident of a, of a preacher's wife, that, or he and her both was in the accident. She, she passed away from it in a car accident. Uh, just this week, there was different ones. A 19-year-old young, young man, a skid steer turned over on him and took him out into eternity. And I mean, we can go on. It's suddenly, when you least expect it, 
when you don't realize that, hey, listen, death is knocking at your door. It can, you know, death can take you home. Uh, many of you remember Clay and, and Bailey, that the the uh, rodeo uh, couple that was that goes to, uh, that went to a valley over here. Clay's dad. Uh, they text uh, Luke to one of the other rodeoers. Text me and said that Clay's dad passed away uh, yesterday. And so life is short, life is brief, and it comes and, uh, and goes so quickly. But we need to remember you have those also who try to deny, not just, uh, not just not think about it, but just plain old deny that Jesus is the Son of God and that He rose from the grave. And even though uh, uh, he, Him being seen by many, that they, they want to refute it, they don't believe it. And yet the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, he's, uh, he's writing here, Paul's writing, says, For I deliver unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, He was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this uh, present, but some are fallen asleep. And after that, he was seen of James and of all the apostles. And so we see that there was a, a visual identification of Jesus Christ, that he rose from the dead. There was proof. It's not something that, that people could just say, oh, you're just imagining this. It was, it was over 500 people seeing him. I think that's a pretty, good, a pretty good accounting there of the fact that he had risen from the grave. But many deny it. Denying something or putting something out of your mind and not thinking about it because it bothers you doesn't mean that it's not true. You may be sitting here this morning and say, well, you know, I've got a long time to live. You don't know that. You can put it out of your mind, but listen, it's before you. There's, the fact is we've got to awaken to the realities of the return of the Lord and also to the fact that we might not be here tomorrow just because of plain old uh, health issues or, or whatever, we may pass away. And so we don't know. So consider the look of the last days according to the Scriptures. We're talking about this cry that's going to take place. We're talking about the cry, the shout that's going to happen. And so you've got to recognize what's taking place in our day to, to really begin to apply that it's getting close. Over in 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Bible says, In the last days there shall be perilous times. It says, This know also that in the last days... Uh, perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Boy, we see that. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent. You say, what's that? That's no self-control. That's a medical term, but it means no self-control. Fierce despisers of those that are good. Boy, we see that today, calling good evil and evil good. Uh, I just read an article where, uh, uh, where uh, oh, um, the School of the Ozarks down here in Branson, which is classified as a Christian college. They have separate dorms. Uh, the, the men cannot go into the girls' dorms nor use the girls' showers. The girls cannot go into the boys' dorms or, do the, or use the... The boys showers, but since uh, President Biden passed his little thing about the sexes and all that stuff, that opens the door where they can, if a fellow says, hey, listen, I, I identify today as a girl, he can go into the dorms, he can take a shower in the dorms with the girls, do whatever he wants to do. 
Well, they filed a lawsuit against this uh, president, uh, against Biden and the administration and all this to say that, you know, we are a Christian college. We stand on beliefs and, and therefore we, this does not apply to us. And a judge just ruled and said, no, it applies to you. We live in a day and time when things are taking a, a, a great hard left, you might say, a, a, a strange twist. Things are changing constantly and quickly around us. The fact is, is that we don't realize that in these last days that things begin to really change a lot. And speaking of these last days here, talking about this, uh, uh, you know, the uh, despising those that are good. And he goes on and says, traitors, heady, heady, uh, heady high mind high-minded lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Hey, listen, I guarantee you, you go out today, you, you look around and people's on the golf course, people are on the lake, people are swimming, people are doing all kinds of things, all kinds of uh, activities. Uh, uh, more important to them is pleasures than the things of God. Living in a day and time when they put the, their pleasures first. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. we got churches full of people who say they're saved, have no idea what it means to know Jesus Christ their Savior. Having a form of godliness, they can talk a good talk, but that's as far as it goes. They live a life then in wickedness. Goes on, says, from such turn away. From this sort they, which, uh, are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You know, we got the internet, we got everything else. We got all kinds of learning today. We got people with degrees, so many degrees behind their name that they look like a thermometer. We got so many people that, that are supposed to be so smart and yet they do not know and understand what the Bible says. Turning away from the things of God, not realizing what's happened. We're looking at the day in which we live. We're looking at what's taking place. In verse 8 there, he says, Now as Jans and Jamborees withstood Moses, and notice what he says, So do these, talk about those in this day and time, also resist the truth. People don't want to hear the truth. We try to, we, you try to present the truth many times, and, and they don't want the truth. They don't want the truth. They want, they want something else. Men of corrupt minds and reprobate concerning the faith, the Bible says there. Notice again, resisting that truth. Corrupt and reprobate minds concerning the coming of the Lord and what Jesus did for them. They're depraved and they're thinking and rejectors of God and, and His truth. We're looking at this point here, what it, this day looks like. You know, when I read that, uh, it looked like our newspaper. It looked like the news. Uh, uh, well, the news won't report like that anymore, but it looks like uh, what's coming out of our, our world today. And you can see how that we can say, you know what? The Bible says that in the last days, perilous times shall come. We see these things on the horizon. We see these things taking place right now. So there's many things that's, that points to the coming of the Lord and to that shout. We also see that many will wait to heed the cry now before the last cry and the shout to be, it'll be too late. You know, one of the things that, that is sad is the warning goes out, the preaching, the people inviting people to church, sharing the gospel, maybe family members. And I remember so many times different, with different ones talking to them about the Lord and, and looking me right in the face and say, yeah, I need to get saved. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll take care of that later. Don't have time for church now. I don't have time for that now. I don't, and it's always later. Putting it off. 
thinking that they have another day. We find there in, in Matthew 25 where we was reading also in verse 2 it says, And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But notice what it says, But the wise took oil in their vessel and their lamps, or with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. They slumbered and slept. They wasn't paying attention. At midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. You see, the gospel is being preached today, but now many are rejecting it, and others are putting off getting saved, thinking that they've got plenty of time, and yet while the Lord tarries, they're dying without Jesus Christ. Dying without Jesus Christ. I'll never forget the man I spoke of before, that how that... Brother Parker, many years ago, we was called to his, this man's house to go talk to him. And as we was sitting there, and he had on an oxygen mask, and, and they told him that he had, he had three months to live. As we sit there and talked with him, and with tears streaming down his face, he said, I'm lost. I know I need to get saved. And we tried to get him to accept Jesus Christ that day, and he would not. We shared scripture with him. And he said, when I get better, I'll come to your church and I'll get saved. We looked at him and, and uh, said, sir, they said you got three months to live. He said, when I get better, I'll come to your church and get saved. Sitting there on oxygen. He said, what happened? As far as I know, he never got better. He for sure never come to church. As far as I know, he never got saved. Different ones over the years I've talked to said, well, one of these days, one of these days, one of these days. Putting it off till later. Waiting to another time. Waiting until they thought that, they, that it would suit them, a time when they thought everything would be all right. There's a cry that goes out. There's a warning that goes out that they need to receive Christ as their Savior. There's a warning going out today, and maybe here's, as you're sitting here this morning, you're thinking possibly of someone that you know that doesn't know Jesus Christ, your Savior. When's the last time you've talked to them about it? Hey, as Christians, we've got a responsibility to take the gospel to them. You say, but they don't want it, preacher. Give it to them anyways, amen? But they don't want to hear that, but they need that. I'll be honest with you, I doubt there's anybody in this, uh, in this auditorium that would, if you went to the doctor tomorrow, that he, and he said, listen, we've got to go in, and, and, and I've checked you out, and, and we've got to take your appendix out. If we don't, it's going to burst, and it's going to, and, and, and it's going to turn to gangrene, and you could die. And I, I imagine you're sitting there thinking, man, I don't want to do this. I really don't want to go under the knife. The doctor says, you ain't got any choice. Or you're going to die. You may not want to, but it's what you need. You may not have wanted that report, but that's what you needed. You may not want to, 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 to follow through with it, but that's what you needed. Hey, listen, you've got family members, you've got friends. That, that They may be grouchy when you talk to them about the Lord. They may not want to hear it, but kindly share with them what they need. Kindly share with them what the Lord Jesus Christ did for them. Who knows but what it might be that particular time that, that they received Jesus Christ their Savior. 
So many times I think that we fail the opportunities that the Lord gives us as Christians to be that cry unto that person so that they might know Jesus Christ as Savior. There's a man that, that uh, I'm talking to, and, and he's a rough man. He's a rough man. And I know that, you know, a lot of people would not, for sure, would not speak to him about the Lord. But you know what? The Lord said, hey, you've got to talk to him. You've got to, you've got to get him in church. You've got, to, you've got to take that step. And so we're working on that. And, and he's promised to come. He's promised to come. He's promised to come. <laughs> he told another fellow, he said, he caught me at a weak moment. And I said, no, God caught him at a weak moment. Lord knows the timing. We just got to be obedient to, to listen to what the Lord wants us to do. The Lord knows the right time for you and me to take that step and to share the gospel with somebody or to invite them to church or to, to spend some time with them about the things of God. That cry has got to go out. But there's a couple other things, observations here in this portion of Scripture I want you to notice here. They were all waiting for the bridegroom to come, but they slumbered and slept. Notice there in, in verse, uh, uh, verse 5 says, While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Not just the foolish ones that didn't have any oil in their lamp, but the, the wise that had oil in their lamp. The oil, anytime you go through the scripture, you'll find that the oil in the lamp is a picture of the Holy Spirit of God. When you receive Jesus Christ your Savior, the Holy Spirit of God comes in to dwell. What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own, for you've been bought with a price, therefore glorify God your body and spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20. We belong to Him. He dwells within us. And so it's a picture of those who were wise that they, they had the, the oil in their lamps and there was those who were foolish that did not have that. But here's the sad part. They all slumbered and slept. It's a kind of a picture you might look at as of the church that today many Christians are slumbering and sleeping just like the lost world is. And many Christians today are denying the, the, the fact that the Lord's coming back. And if you don't believe me, look at the way Christians are living today, living like the lost world and, and not getting stirred to keep souls out of hell. Hey, listen, our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, our friends, our families, our co-workers, hey, it depends on us to get the gospel to them. We don't need to be slumbering and sleeping. We need to be awake today and living for the Lord Jesus Christ so that they can see His hand in our lives and they might see Jesus Christ. talk to most people, even the lost, they think that things are winding down and the Lord will be coming again, but yet they're not prepared. You have a picture of those there who weren't prepared. You have the wise ones that didn't check on those to make sure the others had the oil in their lamps. There was, the, there was the, the thought that they had plenty of time to, to get the oil at least uh, uh, you know, at the last minute, but they failed to. You know, there's a lot of people think that, boy, at the last minute, I'll, I'll get saved. I had a man tell me, he said, well, one of these days before I die, he said, I'll get saved. Before I die, putting it off. But sad part is, if you'll notice there in the scripture, there was not a second chance once the bridegroom came. Look there in verse 9, it says, and the wise answered, saying, no, not so, lest there not be enough for, for us and you, but go ye uh, rather to them that sell and buy uh, for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they, 
And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. And afterwards, and also, this, and afterwards also the other virgins uh, came to the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. I know you not. There's coming a day when people think that they're going to get a second chance. My, can I tell you something? When the Lord calls you home, there's no second chance. When the rapture of the church happens, when the Lord comes back after the shout, there's no second chance. It's now. While we have time, the Bible says that, we're, that we should seek the Lord now while he may be found. So many times we put it off and we put it off. You know, many th today think that they're an unsinkable ship, such as was this, uh, that which happened to the Titanic. It was destroyed took the lives of over 1,500 people of the 2,224 2, passengers. 50, over 1,500 of them died. What's sad is this. It was said by one of the workers of the company that built the Titanic that, that put the White Star Line. The employee said this on May the 31st, 1911. He said this, not even God himself could sink this ship. People are so bold and they think that, hey, listen, I can make it myself. But you can't. It sank in the North Atlantic on, on April 15, 1912 after striking an iceberg during its maiden voyage from Southampton to New York. Not even God can sink it, my friend. You think that might have been something there that the Lord was showing all of us? But there's nothing that's unsinkable. Your life or a ship. The cry came when the here with the ten virgins when they least expected. Verse six it says at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom come. Go ye out to meet him. You ask most people today who believe that the Lord is coming back, and you'll find that they don't really expect it too soon. You know, many times, and I and I've done this. I'm not going to do it today, but I've done it many times. So how many think the Lord could come back today? And boy, hands go up. Then I say, how many of you think that he will come back today? And be honest. You'll always have one or two that will stick their hand up. But most people say, you know, I think he's coming back soon. But I really don't think it's today. But you know what? You have the same attitude tomorrow. And you'll have the same attitude the next day. And you'll have the same attitude the next day. The Bible says, in an hour that you think not, the Son of Man cometh. The hour and the hour that you think not, the Son of Man cometh. And so we must be ready. We must be prepared. You see, life is short. The cry came when they least expected it. Even though many events are taking place today uh, before the eyes of most, they're not expecting the, or looking for the return of Jesus Christ. But even death comes unexpectedly for those who have not prepared for eternity. The Bible says, whereas you know not what should be on the world, for what is your life? is even a vapor that appeareth for a short time and vanisheth away. Life's short. Life's short. I, I still, you know, we, we was working over there this week, and Sam was, and I was working on some, putting some things up, and I got that carpal tunnel and everything in my hands, and boy, they got to hurting. And, uh, you know, I thought, boy, that came on suddenly through the years, but still yet, you know what I think? I think I can do about anything. 
Inside, I feel like, you know, I used to run five miles when I was in high school playing basketball. And there's something inside of me that says, boy, I think you could do that again. And then my body says, don't try it. <laughs> Big mistake. Big mistake. <laughs> we get, we, by the end of the day, uh, uh, there was one outlet that hadn't been changed yet. Uh, I'll change this while they're finishing up. I changed the, the cord so that I could use that outlet. This reason it hadn't got changed. And I got down there and I was working to change that outlet. And, and uh, I got done and it was like, what sure is hard getting up. After all day and everything, and I looked at the count on my steps and over 12,000 steps during the day, which is no big deal if you're young, but you know, it was a little bit by the end of the day of going up and down a ladder all, all day long, go up and down a ladder and everything. When I got down on my knees down there, I, I, maybe the Lord's saying, you just need to pray, just stay right there. <laughs> I thought about it, just telling you to come get me this morning, amen. <clears throat> but you know, the time passes in a hurry goes by in a, a heartbeat. I mean, so fast. We're here today. We're gone tomorrow. Most of us, you know, it seems like we should, you know, feel like you ought to still be in high school or just married. I look at, look at our kids, and I, I'm thinking, you know, I remember Heather and, and the other girls and when they was little, and I remember Janine washing them, giving them bath in the sink, and you won't recognize it now, but Heather, she used to have big old fat legs, roll after roll after roll. Her arms was the same way. And she'd sit there and it's sinking. I can still see it kicking in feet like that, splashing the water out everywhere. But now she's got a boy that's getting ready to graduate too. The next year, another one. And the next year, another one. They'll be graduating. Nine grandchildren. And, I, you know, I, we're going down to, to that funeral, and they're having a, a reunion. When I, was a youth, uh, the, when I was a youth pastor, they're going to bring in uh, the, the teens, or a lot of the teens that was in my youth department. They're, gonna, they're supposed to be there. You know, Facebook is good. You look at everybody and think, man, they're getting old. <laughs> you look in the mirror and you think, boy, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. And probably when they see your picture, they're saying, wow, what happened to them? But life goes in a hurry. It passes by. Know how we need to be prepared. The Lord's getting ready to return, and life is short. It's like that vapor. So that's pretty well all introduction, so here's the message. <laughs> we need to be watching. We need to be living. We need to be watching for the Lord. We need to be living for the Lord and not be caught asleep. Verse 5. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 6, it says, Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Otherwise, we need to be alert. We need to be doing what the Lord wants us to do. Hey, listen, could I challenge every Christian in here this, uh, today? Listen, this week, you need to look for somebody to be a witness to. You need to be, uh, be busy about telling others about Jesus Christ. You need to be getting closer to the Lord yourself. You need to be spending time in the Word of God. You need to be spending time in me. We all need to be spending time on our knees before the Lord and, and serving God and trying to live so that others can see Jesus Christ in our lives. 
Romans 13, 11 says, and, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Every one of us here that know Jesus Christ our Savior, boy, let me stir you this morning. Jesus Christ is coming back. I'm excited about it. I want to see him come back, amen? I want to see him split that eastern sky. I'm looking for the return of the Lord. I don't want to go to the undertaker. I want to go to the upper taker, amen? I want to see the Lord split that sky and catch us out of here. But my friend, until he does, we need to be living for Jesus Christ, taking the gospel, sharing the gospel with others that they too might be saved. Where would you be today if somebody hadn't shared Jesus Christ with you? Might not be alive. For sure, we probably wouldn't be in church. We need to live in such a way that others can see Jesus Christ in our lives, telling them about Jesus Christ and how to be saved. Then in closing, for those who don't know that you're going to heaven if you died, or that the Lord, if the Lord was returned, you need to seek the Lord today. Don't put it off. Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. There's no sadder story than to see somebody pass away without Jesus Christ. No second chance. No hope. But I'll tell you what, there's a great story coming. We gather around the throne of God, those who know Jesus Christ our Savior, and we'll worship Him together. All that stuff that I talked about that's happening now, we can get down, we can get discouraged, and we can get, uh, let it pull us down and, and all that. But can I tell you something? All that is is it ought to stir our hearts. It ought to cause us to get excited because we see these things coming to pass. We see the Lord preparing to come back. There's a cry that's going to take a hold of the air one day. There's going to be a shout that's going to take us out. There's the, the Lord's coming in the air, and oh, how we need to be looking for that. How we need to be living for the Lord Jesus Christ now. The, hey, listen, when we get together in the, in the house of God, we sing those songs. We, we ought to sing them because we're getting ready to tune up to, uh, to sing in the heavenly choir. There ought to be a stirring in our soul to, to share the gospel because of, we have something that everybody needs. We have Jesus Christ. We'll get excited about the things of God again. What a Savior. Well, I'll tell you, if there's anything, as you see things drawing down, boy, it ought to stir our hearts to worship the Lord, to live for Him, to magnify Him, to glorify Him, to thank Him for everything He's done for us, especially salvation. Don't let it get you down. Let it get you up. Let it get you up to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. And boy, today could be the day. Oh, how I have an opportunity to share the gospel. How I have an opportunity to point others and to help others to know Jesus Christ is my Savior. Great opportunities. Great opportunities. But we don't need to slumber and sleep while we're waiting for the Lord to come. Awaken. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. Maybe this morning, you know Jesus Christ, your Savior. Could I encourage you to come and let, let us take a Bible and show you how to be saved. Or maybe this morning, Christian, you say, you know what, I need, to get, I need to get on the firing line. I need to begin to take a stand with my friends and tell them about the gospel, give them the gospel, tell them what Jesus Christ has done for me. 
You say, preacher, I don't know all the scriptures. And, hey, listen, just tell them what Jesus has done for you. How he changed your life. How, he, how you received him as your Savior. Just share your testimony with them. Point them to Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit will work in their hearts in every other way. But, oh, Christian, we've got to, we've got to get on the firing line today. We need to awaken out of sleep. We've got to come alive for the Lord Jesus Christ. People depend upon it for eternity. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for the mercies of God. Thank you for the goodness of God. Lord, I pray that we would awaken to the day and the hour that we're in. Lord, this is another cry that is in the Bible that we just point the people to. Lord, that there's a cry coming. That the bridegroom, Jesus Christ, is coming. Go ye out to meet him. And Lord, how we need to be going out to meet you, but we need to be taking others with us. We need to be checking up on those around us. We need to be asking people. We need to be sharing the gospel. We need to be inviting people. Lord, I pray that you'd have your own way in our hearts and lives. Lord, that shout's going to come. The trump of God's going to sound. Lord, you're going to step out on those clouds and call us out. Lord, we look forward to that. But Lord, while we wait, Lord... May we not sleep, but may we be busy for you. Have your will and way, Lord. If there's someone here that doesn't know Christ your Savior, may they come and receive Christ. This I pray in Jesus' name.